Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. I'm your host, Lorelai, where we talk all things metaphysics. Hello, all of my beautiful listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Third Eye with Lorelai. I hope all of you guys have been having a wonderful week. I sure have because it has been gorgeous outside and we've been able to get out some of our really fun water equipment and play outside, get a little bit sunburnt. (laughs) Hopefully you guys aren't getting sunburnt. I just burned a little bit, but that's okay. Aloe vera is great. So anyway, I had one of my listeners contact me and ask about a specific crystal. So thank you so much, Michaela Cabanilla, for contacting me to research a brand new crystal this week. And the crystal she was requesting is garnet. So we're going to talk about garnet this week. And we're also going to talk about Larimar. So, to begin, let's talk about Michaela's crystal, Garnet. So, we're going to begin from the Crystals for Beginners book by Karen Frazier. And this is what she has to say about Garnet. When people think of Garnets, they most commonly think of red Garnets, called Pyrope. However, Garnets are available in other colors as well. For example, Spessartine garnets are yellow to orange, and Savorite garnets are green. Garnet originates all over the world, so I imagine it's pretty easily accessible. It is isometric, and it amplifies energy. It comes in shapes of natural points, clusters, tumble polished, and cut. It is good for the root chakra for the red color version, Orange, red, or brown are good for the sacral chakra, and the green version is good for your heart chakra. To place it, you want the red near the root chakra, the orange, red, or brown on the sacral chakra, the green on the heart chakra, and in jewelry, particularly rings or bracelets. So garnet helps with amplification of energies, protection, manifestation, transitions, energizing and revitalizing, boosting energy, overcoming trauma, getting rid of limiting ideas and beliefs. Green or savorite is good for abundance. Red is good for grounding and protection and yellow to orange or spessartine is good for career success. Garnet works great with garnets of other colors, smoky quartz and clear quartz. A good usage tip, if you're going through a transition, carry garnet in your pocket or wear it as jewelry to help ease the transition. So that is what Ms. Karen Frazier has to say about garnet. Moving on to the Crystal Bible by Judy Hall. This is what she says about garnet. It comes in colors of red, pink, green, orange, yellow, brown, and black. 
and its appearance is transparent or translucent, often small and faceted or larger opaque pieces. It's pretty common, so you can get it worldwide. So usually you can pick something like this up at a crystal shop pretty easily, or if you can't go into a crystal shop like most of us can't right now, you can go on Etsy or even on Amazon and find it pretty readily. Attributes of garnet. So garnet is a powerfully energizing and regenerating stone. It cleanses and re-energizes the chakras. It revitalizes, purifies, and balances energy, bringing serenity or passion as appropriate. It is said to be able to ward off approaching danger and was long ago carried as a protective talisman. Garnet is one of the most plentiful stones. It has several forms according to its mineral base, each of which has different properties in addition to the generic attributes. Garnet inspires love and devotion. It balances the sex drive and alleviates emotional disharmony. Red garnet, in particular, stimulates the controlled rise of kundalini energy and aids sexual potency. Now, I know last week we touched on kundalini a little bit, so I wanted to define it a little bit more this time around because I just gave you sort of what was off the top of my head. This is what actually Judy Hall says about kundalini. She says, kundalini is an inner spiritual and sexual energy that resides at the base of the spine that can be stimulated to rise to the crown chakras. So that's how she describes kundalini. And it it does look like a snake. And whenever you see pictures, because I guess the the feeling of it is it, it looks and acts sort of like a snake that works its way up from your root all the way to your crown. So back to garnet. This is a stone of commitment. Garnet is a useful crystal to have in a crisis. It is particularly helpful in situations where there seems to be no way out or where life has fragmented or is traumatic. It fortifies, activates, and strengthens the survival instinct, bringing courage and hope into seemingly hopeless situations. Crisis is turned into challenge under Garnet's influence. It also promotes mutual assistance in times of trouble. Garnet has a strong link with the pituitary gland and can stimulate expanded awareness and past life recall. Garnet activates other crystals, amplifying their effect. It clears negative chakra energy. Square cut garnets are said to bring success in business matters. Psychologically, garnets sharpen your perception of yourself and other people. It dissolves ingrained behavior patterns that are no longer serving you and bypasses resistance or self-induced unconscious sabotage. Mentally, garnet helps you to let go of useless or old obsolete ideas. Emotionally, garnet removes inhibitions and taboos. It opens up the heart and bestows self-confidence. For healing, garnet regenerates the body. It stimulates the metabolism. Garnet treats spinal and cellular disorders, purifies and re-energizes the blood, heart, and lungs, and regenerates DNA. It assists assimilation of minerals and vitamins. To correctly position garnet, you want to place it on your earlobes, finger, or over the heart. Wear in contact with the skin. Place on the skin as appropriate in healing. 
past life recall, you want to place it on the third eye. I actually did this the other night and it was very effective, by the way. So if you're interested in doing any past life regression work, even if you're not doing like a very traditional meditation where you're actually going to a therapist, but you're just doing, you know, a meditation where you lay down and you listen to like a YouTube channel that's going through a a past life regression, you place the garnet just right in between your eyes on your forehead and you just do the meditation. And I feel like it just sort of, it's like, it's like looking through a magnifying glass almost. It makes it so much more clear and it, it worked really well for me. So I would encourage you all to give that a shot if you're interested, especially since Beltane is coming up next Friday. And I'm really excited about that because that is like, I don't know if I've talked to you guys so much about the veil, but the veil between our physical realm and the spiritual realm is very very thin during certain times of the year and it is very thin during Halloween time or Samhain and it's also the same thinness just equally as thin during Beltane which is May 1st or May Day on the pagan or Wiccan wheel of the year and that is coming up next Friday so that would be a brilliant time for you all to try a past life regression if you're interested or to have any spiritual communication, which by the way, is something we'll get to very soon here. But let's continue on with Garnet now that I (laughs) segued off topic just a little bit here. But anyhow, the varieties of Garnet. In addition to the generic attributes, the following forms and colors have additional properties. Almondine Garnet, is a strongly regenerative healing stone, bringing strength and stamina. It is supportive in taking time for yourself, bringing deep love and aids in integrating truth and affinity with the higher self. It opens the higher mind and initiates clarity and compassion. Or I'm sorry, it and initiates charity and compassion. There's that uh, handwriting again, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to type the dang notes. I'm, I'm going to figure it out one day. But for now, bear with me <laughs> through the crummy handwriting. Almondine opens the pathway between the base and crown chakras, channeling and grounding spiritual energies into the physical body and anchoring the subtle body into the physical incarnation. Almondine helps you to absorb iron in the intestines. It stimulates the eyes and treats the liver and pancreas. Androdite is dynamic and flexible. It stimulates creativity and attracts into your relationships what you most need for your development. It dissolves feelings of isolation or alienation and attracts intimate encounters with others. Androdite supports male qualities such as courage, stamina, and strength. It realigns the magnetic fields of the body. It cleanses and expands the aura, opening psychic visions. Androdite encourages the formation of blood and energizes the liver. It aids assimilation of calcium, magnesium, and iron. Grossularite, I hope I said that right, Grossularite, (laughs) is a useful stone to have during challenging lawsuits. It teaches relaxation, going with the flow, and inspires service and cooperation. This stone enhances fertility and aids assimilation of vitamin A. 
It is excellent for arthritis and rheumatism and fortifies the kidneys. It is beneficial for the mucous membranes and skin. Hessenite imparts self-respect, eliminating feelings of guilt and inferiority, and encourages service. It supports in seeking out new challenges. This stone opens the intuition and psychic abilities. Used for out-of-body journeys, it carries you to your destination. It regulates hormone production, reduces infertility and impotence, heals the olfactory system, and draws off negative influences that cause ill health. So I had a friend who is interested in astral projecting, Cindy, and (laughs) maybe you should try some Hessenite garnet, Cindy, and try some astral projecting. (laughs) I hope she's not too mad at me about that. Anyway, melanite. Melanite garnet strengthens resistance and promotes honesty. It releases blockages from the heart and throat chakras, enabling the speaking of truth. It overcomes lack of love in any situation, dispelling anger, envy, jealousy, and mistrust. It moves a partnership onto the next stage, no matter what that might be. Melanite strengthens... Melanite strengthens... I think it's bones. Melanite strengthens bones and helps the body to adjust to medication. It treats cancer, stroke, rheumatism, and arthritis. Pyrope. So this is the most commonly seen garnet because it's bright red or brilliant red, I should say. Pyrope bestows vitality and charisma and promotes an excellent quality of life. It unites the creative forces within oneself. The stone protects the base and crown chakras, aligning them with the subtle bodies and linking the groundedness of the base with the wisdom of the crown. Pyrope is a stabilizing stone. It fortifies circulation and treats the digestive tract. It neutralizes heartburn and soothes sore throat. Rhodolite is a warm, trusting, and sincere stone. It stimulates contemplation, intuition, and inspiration. Rhodolite protects the base chakras and enhances healthy sexuality, overcoming frigidity. It stimulates the metabolism and treats heart, lungs, and hips. Spessar tight vibrates at a high rate. It imparts a willingness to help others and strengthen the heart. It enhances analytical processes and the rational mind. It is an antidepressant and it suppresses nightmares. Spessar tight relieves sexual problems and treats lactose intolerance and calcium imbalances. So imagine Spessar tight would be really good with white howlite and amethyst at your bedside. White howlite specifically, we'd be putting underneath the pillow. Remember from like way early on, one of the way earlier episodes. I don't even remember which one it was. It was like one of the first episodes. So anyhow, that would probably pair really well with white howlite and amethyst. Uvarovite. Man, the words today, not super easy, guys. (laughs) Uvarovite promotes individuality without egocentricity. At the same time, links the soul into its universal nature. It stimulates the heart chakra and enhances spiritual relationships. This is a calm and peaceful stone, helpful in experiencing solitude without loneliness. It is a detoxifier, reduces inflammation, and lowers fever. It treats acidosis, leukemia, and frigidity. Red garnet represents love. Attuned to the heart energy, it revitalizes feelings and enhances sexuality. Red garnet controls anger, especially towards the self. And that pretty much sums up garnet. I actually have a piece of garnet with me in my hand right now. 
And you know, it's so funny because raw garnet, even in its polished sense, because this is just red garnet, it's so dark. And unless you put it up to the light, you, you don't see a whole lot of that beautiful, brilliant, like deep red, um, just right off the gate. Like it just looks really, really dark, but it's such a beautiful and such a powerful stone. So I hope that suits you, Miss Michaela, and your questions about garnet. Now we're going to move on to Larimar. And I actually just found Larimar recently when I was in San Diego, like way before all this quarantine business happened. And I found it in this really great little crystal shop in Ocean Beach. And it was literally one of the most beautiful stones I've ever laid eyes on. It looks like tropical water. It's like this teal, white, blue, oh God, it's just absolutely gorgeous. And so I was really excited to read a little bit more about Larimar since I was so attracted to it. So I bought myself a Larimar, obviously. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I mean, it's so pretty and there's so much calling. It was calling to me, guys. It was saying, you, you, you need me in your life. And so I said, okay, so I bought it. Anyhow, so Larimar, I'm going to read from Karen Fraser's Crystals for Beginners about Larimar first. Larimar is a blue version of the stone pectolite. It is found only in the Dominican Republic. This is a calming, tranquil stone that forms in lava. It is also known as the Dolphin Stone and the Atlantis Stone. It originates, obviously, in the Dominican Republic, like she said. It comes in shapes of natural blades, tumbled, polished, and carved. It absorbs energy, comes in the color of blue. It is good for the throat and the third eye chakras. For best placement, you want to place it on the throat chakra next to your bed or taped under the head of your bed. Larimar helps with relaxation, calming and soothing, promoting peace and serenity, aiding and giving voice to wisdom, assisting in resolving trauma and clarifying meaning of dreams. It works well with clear quartz and selenite. For a usage tip, you want to wear Larimar as a necklace for conversations when it is important. You speak your truth calmly and wisely. Funny enough, I'm wearing my Larimar necklace right now, so I hope I'm sounding somewhat smart or something. <laughs> so let's move on to the Crystal Bible and what Judy Hall has to say about Larimar. So she says it comes in colors of blue, blue-green, gray, or red with white. It is usually translucent, smooth, with whorls of color or white veins showing through the base color. It's often small to medium and tumbled. It's very easily obtained, but it also was sourced from the Dominican Republic and also the Bahamas. Recently discovered, ethereal Larimar is one of the spiritual stones that open to new dimensions, stimulating evolution of the earth. It radiates love and peace and promotes tranquility. Larimar effortlessly, I can't talk. Larimar effortlessly induces a deeply meditative state. It naturally raises consciousness and harmonizes body and soul to new vibrations. Spiritually, it is empowering, dissolving. Hmm, spirit. Does that say spirions? I think that's supposed to say spiritual boundaries. Man, the handwriting. <sighs> dissolving spiritual boundaries that constrain the spiritual self and guiding the soul onto its true pathway in life. 
Larimar facilitates angelic contact and communication with other realms. It is an excellent stone for those seeking a soulmate, and it facilitates the healing of past life relationships or heart trauma. Psychologically, Larimar removes self-imposed blockages and constraints. It dissolves self-sabotaging behavior, especially a tendency towards martyrdom, and assists taking control of life. It is particularly useful for alleviating guilt and removing fear when moving through periods of stress and inevitable change. It enables challenges to be met with equanimity. Mentally, Larimar brings serenity and clarity and constructive thought. It stimulates creativity and encourages going with the flow. Emotionally, Larimar brings calmness and equilibrium. It is an antidote to emotional extremes and ameliorates bipolar disorders. It heals trauma to the heart and reconnects to natural playfulness and joyful childlike energy. An earth healing stone, Larimar connects to the energy of the earth goddess, helping women to reattune to their innate femininity and restoring their connection with nature. Man, I hope you guys don't hear my stomach growling right now. I haven't eaten breakfast yet, so... (laughs) Hopefully not. (laughs) Let's learn a little bit more about Larimar as Lorelai's stomach growls, sorry. (laughs) Placed on the earth... It will counteract earth energy, imbalances, and geopathic stress. For healing, positioned over the heart, third eye, or solar plexus, or gently stroked over the body, Larimar removes attached entities. It stimulates the third eye, heart, crown, and throat chakras, and promotes self-healing. It is particularly helpful for cartilage and throat conditions, dissolving energy blockages in the chest, head, and neck. It can also be laid on constricted joints or blocked arteries. Placed on a painful spot, it will quietly draw out the pain. Used as a reflexology tool, Larimar pinpoints the site of dis-ease and clears the meridians of the body. To position, you want to hold or wear for prolonged periods, and you can use it on the feet. Okay, so that pretty much covers both Garnet and Larimar. Now we're going to move on to the quote of the week. And this one comes from Sherry Bessie Eckert from The Other Side of Ugly. It matters not if you have stood with the great. What really makes a difference is if you have sat with the broken, walked with the lost, and loved the lonely. And now let's move on to the topic of the week. So the topic that I wanted to talk to you guys about is spirit communication. And I know that we've talked a little bit about this when we were talking about spirit guides and trying to access who your spirit guide is and trying to communicate with them. So I wanted to delve into that a little bit deeper. And I know that some popular, more like mainstream ways of communicating with other spirits is utilizing a Ouija board or using a seance. And I I don't think that those are the best way to communicate with spirits. And here's the reason. So you don't want to utilize Ouija boards or seances unless you have taken all, first of all, all the necessary protective precautions. And even then, it can be a huge risk. And I, I know this just from experience with working with them. And some of you may have experienced that also. 
But I, I looked up, I actually put this in and looked up like some answers to what other people have said. And this is from Lori Robinson. And what she has said is Ouija boards open a channel of communication between this world and another. We don't know anything about this other place and what sort of inhabitants it has or what their intentions are. Sometimes the entities say they're from another planet or angels or ghosts or dead loved ones or are demons. Interaction with them through a Ouija board inevitably starts out pleasant and fun, but inevitably takes on a darker cast as time goes by. Then the entities start talking about wanting to visit you by entering your body or inhabiting an item in your house or maybe invading a pet. That starts up all kinds of things you don't want to be a part of. So Lori Robinson has clearly had some really rough goes abouts with Ouija boards and seances. So, or at least here, she just talks about Ouija boards. And I guess what, what we should take away from that is because Ouija boards and seances can be kind of a wild card, it's better to have a very clear understanding of what you're trying to do before you do it, instead of just opening up channels willy nilly and just start asking questions and getting whomever or whomever that will come through. So with that, why don't we establish the things to avoid when we're contacting with or, or when communicating with spirits. And I got this information from this website called crystalandcompton.com forward slash 10 things to avoid when communicating with spirits. And this is what she says. So the first thing that she says is avoid forgetting to physically protect yourself. And I, I've said this a number of times to you guys to always protect yourself first and foremost, um, especially when you're working with, you know, raising your energy levels and speaking to spirits. Always make sure you open spirit communication with a prayer of protection, asking the divine as well as all angels and guides to stand with you to protect you. Ask to work with only those spirits or energies that are edifying, supportive, and working in the light. Express thanks and gratitude for this opportunity to communicate with spirits in a protected and safe environment. When finished with your prayer, make sure you do one of the many visualizations available to physically protect yourself, such as envisioning yourself with a column of brilliant white light, which no negative energy can pierce or contaminate. Only those spirits and energies which are there to serve your highest purpose are allowed into the column of white light. When your spirit communication is complete, make sure to close with another prayer to seal off your space and close the session. Don't forget to clear and ground your energy before and after spiritual communication. Make sure to ground yourself and energetically clear the room before attempting to make contact with spirits. Grounding yourself involves visualization in which you release all negative energy from your body while at the same time drawing down into your body divine energy from the divine. To clear a room or space, visualize the space as gradually filling with brilliant white divine light. Make sure the light spills everywhere and covers all four corners of the space and then build the light until the entire room is filled with it, side to side and top to bottom. The next thing is avoid having the wrong intention. Now, it always helps me to write down what your intentions are when you go into some spiritual communication. So maybe that would be something for you guys to do. 
So avoid having the wrong intention. Make sure you are attempting to communicate with spirit for the right reasons. If you want to make contact because you think it's cool, have a fascination with death, or want to frighten people or simply want to boast about it to others, you're doing it for the wrong reason. This wrong intention may attract malicious entities seeking to harass and frighten you. Therefore, it is important to make sure your intention is pure and to communicate your intention in your prayers before and after the exercise. Pure intentions include seeking your higher self and higher energies who want to bless, build up, and support you as well as others. The next thing is avoid drinking alcohol or taking drugs when communicating with spirits. I actually got information like this too from when I would go visit my godfather because he's a medium. And one of the things that he would say, you know, is because we would drive down with, with my friends and we would grab a glass of wine or something. And he would always say, don't do that because it muffles everything and I can't do the reading properly. And apparently this is the same for when you yourself are trying to make contact with spiritual energies as well. Substances open a back door to the spirit world, whether we are trying to communicate with them or not. If we are under the influence of these substances when attempting spiritual communication, we allow all sorts of energies in, especially those attracted to the lower vibration attached to intoxication. Those spirits may be mischievous or even malicious and can cause us far more trouble than we ever anticipated. The next thing is avoid spirit communication when feeling negative, imbalanced, or unhappy. We attract what we are. So when we are unhappy or negative when working with spirits, we will attract those same kinds of energies to us. Learn to see your moods as actual frequencies, signals you emit at a certain vibration, which in turn draw back to your energies and entities existing in the same frequency. If your frequency is that of love, you will attract loving entities back to you. Likewise, if your frequency is that of negativism, you will attract negative entities to you. I wanted to put a caveat with that because there have been times when I have done some of my work and maybe I I have a, a broken heart or I've been hurt or something. And I find that sometimes if I'm practicing my light work, even though I have some spiritual wounds or some emotional wounds, I find that those sometimes can be fractures to where the light that's within me is shining out more. So sometimes, I mean, obviously you don't want to go into this with being angry or any other lower vibrational feelings, but sometimes if you, if you do have, if you've been hurt or if you've gone through something, but you're, what you're doing is light seeking, then I feel like that will help you find more of what you're looking for. So obviously don't go into this with some sort of lower vibrational energy, like you're angry or frustrated or anxious. But I feel like sometimes if if there are some things that you've experienced and you're trying to seek clarity, that's not necessarily a bad thing. So the next thing, I hope that makes sense, by the way. The next thing is avoid attempting to contact spirits with others who are negative, imbalanced, or unhappy. For the same reason you should not be negative when attempting spirit communication, make sure anyone with you also shares the same energy as you, an energy of positivism and love. Anyone proximate as you attempt to communicate with spirits can either contribute or contaminate the process based on their own energetic disposition. Be mindful of this. 
The next thing is avoid contacting spirits when you are fatigued or exhausted. Being overly tired makes you physically vulnerable and less in touch with what is going on. When you're fatigued or exhausted, it is easier to misread energies and misunderstand messages. In other words, it is easier for us to do it wrong and to get it wrong. Be well rested and physically sound before attempting to work with spirits. Avoid fear. Do not attempt spirit communication if you are afraid of it. If you are curious about, but also afraid, even a little, spirit communication is not advised. If you're fearful on any level, make sure to read books and speak to others who can educate you about the process and make you more comfortable. You must make sure you are a positive and healthy when dealing with spirits. You must also drive out all fear as harboring fear may attract entities that wish to play upon that fear. The next thing is avoid working with unenlightened or non-evolved spirits. It is better to work with high-level entities, such as angels and spirit guides. Remember, earthbound spirits are simply people who are dead. People, no matter alive or dead, are limited by what they know and desire, just like you. An earthbound spirit, or one that dwells more closely to the earth plane than more enlightened spirits, may not know more than you, and they may also have a different intention than you. You will know an unenlightened or non-evolved spirit based on the rate at which they vibrate. Love vibrates at a high, joyful, delightful energy. Alternatively, negative spirits vibrate at a low, negative, fearful, and uncomfortable energy. Learn to differentiate between these energies and take heed of them. And I guess a good way to recognize that is if you've ever walked into an area and just got a really bad vibe, like it just doesn't feel good, it doesn't feel comfortable, that's sort of what they're talking about, I feel. So... The next one is avoid spirits who tell you to listen to only to them. Spirits working for your edification and betterment will never tell you to replace your judgment with theirs. They will never seek to tell you what to do or control you in any way. High level spirits make suggestions, offer insight and present options. They want you to decide what choice is better for you and will never force that choice upon you or become upset when you do not follow their advice. Never work with any spirit or energy that attempts to control you or wants you to carry out tasks which are negative and do not feel right. This is a sure sign that you are dealing with a non-evolved spirit and this must always be avoided. So that's pretty much it about the things that you need to avoid when you're doing spiritual communication. So now let's talk about the things that you should do. And I chose some websites that kind of support one another in what they're talking about. So that way it's a little bit easier for us to kind of drive home some of these, um, some of these steps. So this, I went to foreverconscious.com forward slash communicate spirits safely. And what this article says is the first step is get protected. This is the most important part to any connection with spirits. Before opening the door to communicate, it is important to protect your energy and your space. The best way to do this is to spend some time meditating and charging up your energy. You can do this by imagining a beautiful white light surrounding your entire being. You can also call on your spirit guides and angels to protect you or use protective crystals such as amethyst. A good angel to call upon when you want to do this sort of work is Archangel Michael. He's a protective archangel, so if you ask for his protection along with your spirit guides, generally you'll be pretty safe. 
The second step is set a sacred space. If you're wishing to invite a loved one or receive information from a spirit, it is important that you create a sacred space first. The sacred space should feel safe and be clear from clutter or distractions. You can also fill your sacred space with crystals, plants, herbs, candles, and other things that make you feel good. Having a pen and paper may also be handy if you want to be able to write things down. The third step is set your intention. Once your sacred space is set, your in, set your intention for communication. Get clear about the experience that you want to have and be sure to set boundaries and state your intention firmly. And they sent an example here. Your intention may be, I wish to connect with whomever. I ask that I am guided and protected to hear the messages, whoever this is, has for me, and that the messages are delivered in a gentle way. I ask my spirit guides and angels to protect me through this process and help me to receive any messages that are necessary. If you're uncertain whether the spirit you wish to connect with may be harmful or not, you can call upon your spirit guides to act as a gatekeeper between the two of you. This is a good option if you're dealing with any unknown spirits in your house or if you are a first timer when it comes to connecting. Now, I kind of feel like most people when they do this work, they're trying to contact someone that they've lost, like a loved one. So I I kind of feel like when you're wanting to do this for the first time and you're trying to contact a loved one, that'll be, I think that'll be very effective because if it's somebody that you knew in this lifetime, then I I think that that would be a little bit safer and a little bit easier for you to visualize and gain some, some safety and awareness about your space and the person that you're trying to contact, obviously. So just remember when dealing with unknown spirits, it is best to feel out the energy first. If you pick up on any negative vibes or are uncertain, it's best to leave it to an expert or simply focus on cleansing your home. Yeah, I I don't think that it's a good idea to contact any of, if you feel like there's something negative in your home, I I just, I'm just going to say it, don't, don't try and contact it. Just try and cleanse your home. And if it feels like it's not going away, you want to contact another person that can help you cleanse your home. But yeah, just, just don't try and contact it if it's negative. It doesn't need to be in your space and it doesn't need to be a part of your life. So let's just get it out. Don't even try and talk to it. Being scared or fearful is also not a great frame of mind to be in if you want to effectively communicate with spirits. So if you're feeling these things, it is best to stop until you can enter into this with a clear mind. The fourth step, stay open to the messages. After setting your intentions, start talking to the spirit as if it were already there. Ask it questions that you wish and wait to see if you hear an answer. Answers from the spirit world can vary, but you may feel bodily sensations, tingles, see synchronistic signs, spark of light, or hear audible messages. Stay open to the connection and perhaps even write down an experience that you see or feel. Tools to help you receive messages from spirit include automatic writing, pendulums, and Ouija boards. But, you know, as I said in the beginning, it's probably not the best thing to use Ouija boards, so maybe just stick with automatic writing and go with what (laughs) your sensations are. Pendulums are a great tool for beginners and are far less intimidating than automatic writing or Ouija boards. When it comes to Ouija boards, this article, the person that wrote it says, I would personally not recommend them unless you are an absolute seasoned expert and have dealt with the spirit world many times before. I certainly agree with that. During this process, it is important to know that you may not get your answer right away. Be patient and gentle and know that you will hear your answers when you are meant to. 
It also helps to keep an open mind. Often we hear or receive the answers, but fail to realize them because it is not what we expected. The fifth step, close the door. Once you have finished with your questions, you should close your session by announcing that you're done. You may even wish to send off your spirit by saying goodbye and thanking them for their messages. You then will want to cleanse your space and aura with sage, bells, crystals, or incense. This is very important and it is definitely not a step to be missed. As you cleanse your space, you may even want to recite a mantra or affirmation such as, I cleanse and protect the space with light and love. Only light and only love may dwell here. Even if you didn't make a connection, it is important that you still do this process and close the session properly. Learning how to communicate with spirit can be very enlightening. As long as you take steps of protection and don't rush ahead before you are ready, there's no reason why you can't experience the benefits of reaching out to the other side. Just be mindful to always remember to protect yourself and give gratitude and thank all spirits that you encounter. So that's pretty much spiritual communication. And even if you don't hear a whole lot of messages, or at least you don't think you hear them, you can still receive answers to your questions through feelings, through certain thoughts, through like they're saying synchronicity. So in angel numbers or in everyday circumstances, you can get answers and just pay attention. Your attention is your intention. So whatever you're paying attention to, whether it's, you know, abundance or whether it's finding peace, whether it's growth, there are so many different things. Just pay attention to it. Make time to meditate on what it is that you need most. So I hope that that answers a lot of questions for you guys about contacting maybe some loved ones that have passed or you know a spirit that maybe is trying to contact you that is going to help you with your growth but first and foremost always go into it with the idea that you're trying to contact a spirit that's going to help you grow that this is for a light working purpose that everything is moving in white healing abundant light and not in anything negative or dark And I think that through that, you guys will find some pretty incredible answers. I know I have. I feel like that's been such a huge step in my spiritual journey is being able to do this work and speak to my spirit guides and other amazing spirits and angels that are surrounding me constantly. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I know I really enjoyed reading about contacting my spirit guides and the spirits that are around me and also some of the loved ones that have passed. And uh, if you have any questions or if you have any requests about crystals like Michaela, or if you have any requests on certain topics, please contact me. I would love to talk about it and um, mention you on the podcast if that's interesting to you. You can do that on the Facebook page at Third Eye with Lorelei, or you can email me at 3rdeyelorelei at gmail.com and just let me know what you want. I'd love to talk about it. And with that, oh, also don't forget that next Friday is Beltane, the Fire and Fertility Festival. And you can wrap a maypole and get your flower crowns out, have a bonfire outside, and enjoy the beautiful 
wonderful fertility fire festival that is Beltane. And it's a very thin veil, so if you want to do some past life regression or spiritual contact communication, this would be a great time to do it. So anyway, with that, I hope that you guys have a fantastic week and I look forward to talking to you again soon about what I've been researching and enjoy the beautiful sunshine. Stay healthy, stay happy, love and light to every single one of you. And I'll talk to you soon. If you find yourself interested in receiving an intuitive tarot reading, contact me at 3rdeyelorelei at gmail.com or you can message me on my Instagram at 3rd.eye.with.lorelei or on Facebook at Third Eye with Lorelei Podcast to set up a reading. I can do Zoom or we can meet in person as long as we are wearing those face masks and practicing social distancing just to be safe. As always, love and light to you all, and I look forward to reading you soon.